another sign to good health, and that's good mental health. Are you at the gym right now? I'm at the gym, yeah. It's a good-looking gym. And they have really good Wi-Fi in here. I was having issues connecting earlier, but turns out those were issues on my side uh, as opposed to the gym, which Uh, is no surprise. That's okay. We have a phenomenon in the show that we call parking lot Wi-Fi, which is uh, when we first started recording podcasts, I invariably would be in the parking lot somewhere uh, Mm -hmm. in like some remote part of Oregon or California or something, and the Wi-Fi would always cut out. And so when we got you on parking lot Wi-Fi, literally parking lot Wi-Fi just now, I was like, this is this is meant to be. It's perfect. It's serendipitous. I end up in my car a lot. I don't know why. It's usually like my hiding place to get my work done because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm between running the volleyball practice and work and stuff. So where are you guys located at all? Drew, you're at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm in Milwaukee. Yep. Yeah. You guys ran into each other at the Ryder Cup last year. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I was like, I don't think, I don't think he knows who I am, but I'm going to introduce myself right now. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it was nice to catch up over there. It was. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that tournament, that tournament was unreal. I, I'd not imagined it to be that much energy, but you know, I guess after thinking, you know, in Wisconsin, it was just, it was pretty badass. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. Well, you were just in Wisconsin last week, right? At, at SB? I, I was at Sand Valley yeah. for, um, uh, I was very excited to go to this event out at uh, the Lido mm-hmm. Club. And so I got to go to that, which was like an honor, I guess. It ended up being so cold. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it was like snowing. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cold. I packed two pairs of shorts and sunblock, oh, and Jesus. I fucking get there. Yeah. It was like a <laughs> oh, no. yeah, 20-degree wind chill. Yeah, you're not going to need those. You're going to have to sew those pairs of shorts together. <laughs> yeah, make yeah. I wore two sweaters, two golf shirts, two uh, uh, two vests. Two vests. <laughs> um, but at the end of all that, with the Hot Pocket things you can use, it was... Good man, that course is incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can't believe that. I, I mean, it's, it's Mr. Doak's latest masterpiece. I'm told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they resurrected the very special Lido Club. Um, yeah. Do you think it's weird that they're doing it inland and not like on a bay, like on a cove? Well, I mean, sure. You know, I think it would be nice if they just built another course on the ocean, but I don't know how they would pull that off. I mean, I think it was a matter of. You know, they wanted to shim it at Old Mac. I mean, it's been tried at, like, yeah. there's a version of it in Thailand that Gil did. And, mm. you know, it's it's and it's supposed to be pretty sweet. But in this case, you know, it just needed a blank canvas with no parameters in the surrounds. And, and to get it to be exactly what they manufactured in Long Island, to recreate that, they're, you know, they, ha- they had the the blank canvas, right? There's only four feet of grade on 150 acres. So they were able to just basically, like, rise this thing from the ashes and, and it, it does lack that ocean but they built like a 12 acre pond and mm-hmm. uh i mean it, it was dope didn't design a waterfall for it or, or a, a water fountain so it's just a basic you know it looks nice mm-hmm. so yeah um but yeah well, it's a very cool experience so you got to go see it Connor's happy yeah. about that. He hates dope yeah things. yeah i'm 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 not a huge fan of water of uh, fake water features on a golf course I was kind of trying to joke. I don't know how my delivery was, but yeah, it, it would be funny if Doak designed some water features yeah. specifically for the Lido Club. Doak does a Fazio impression. <laughs> um, you mentioned it's so funny that you say that you go to the car to to get work done. I find that believable because you're a busy person who's running a busy company, but I also, and, and you, you balance family life. I know for a fact very well into that mix as well, but I also find it tremendously hard to believe because your office is so incredibly beautiful and you have such a, a gorgeous space in there. For oh, yourself. it is. I, I'm very uh, grateful to have that set up, but you know, so many of my calls have to be, I don't know. I just, I guess I have ADHD or something. Like I, can't, I can't really focus when there's a lot of people around. Um, I, I almost can barely focus when it's just by myself. So, you know, for me to be able to do as much as I can, I end up, you know, trying to plug in time when I can. And I, I find that, you know, I'm, I work my best when I'm alone, you know, and, and the car is like, I don't know, it's weird. 
it is a little like sensory deprivation chamber. I've I've taken many yeah. a call from the car. Yeah, to- I totally get it. The car is like you ever pull into your driveway, or your parking garage. It's just you in the car. You turn the car off, and you like kind of you know look in the passenger seat at all the stuff that you have to bring in, and you just like. <sighs> It, it could be your wallet, you know, it could be a bottle of water, but like you look over and it's like, I don't want to yes, do this. Absolutely. Like, I don't want to get out. Today, yes. I don't want to get out. And then it stays there. You're absolutely right. Like for me, it's about multiple trips. Actually. I just I like walk in, go back out, get my shit, go back in, go back out, get my shit. You're like, what are you doing? I can only carry one thing at a time. I'm all this crap. You were the first person I've known that actually commits to that. Because, like, you know, I think, I think we all, you know, like to think we're like one trip kind of people. You know, just like I'm, I'm gonna just thug it out. I'm gonna carry it all at once. But you're like, no, quite the opposite. I will actively go out of my as way. many trips as there are things. That whole anxiety thing, and when you got a bunch of crap, anything, anything you got to pick up and take in, you're like. Because you're trying to open the door and, mm. and oh, you know. Yeah. The one-handed, uh, yeah. You also mentioned volley- going to volleyball practice. And um, I guess it's like it kind of gets into a, a, a bigger thing that I wanted to talk to you about. But I, I feel like I got to give you your, your flowers, Akbar, because what you are able to do purely from a schedule and logistics perspective is truly incredible to me. Like you, you have simultaneously built such a catalyzer of a company with your wife, Megan. And what I mean by catalyzer is I feel like what you guys have done really set the wheels in motion for what we now know of golf culture in that you're making very well-made artisanal products that are like very well-designed, very thoughtful, very considered. They're everywhere. And now there's all these companies popping up everywhere. And on top of that, you manage your family life and your personal life seemingly so well as well. You're there coaching your daughter's volleyball team. Can you talk about like how you how you're able to balance that stuff? Well, I think mean, there's an appearance of balance when, in fact, it's not very balanced. I mean, it is sort of like <laughs> it is not as as um, seamless, and and my execution is not as good as it also appears oftentimes. Because, you know, we get lucky half the time. And my wife, I'm happy you mentioned her because she is the reason we have this business. And mm. the weird thing is she doesn't, she didn't even play golf, you yeah. know. And, and how we wound up in this space is like really a miracle. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that help to support getting here, whether they worked at Seamus or... They were just friends of the brand early on. Um, our timing, I think, probably has a lot to do with our success as well because, mm. you know, this is our 11th year of doing this. And if you put it wow. on a timeline, you know, we were there to help start and support, you know, whether it was Sugarloaf Social Club or RGC or Afer was doing, you know, tech sales when I met him. And we brought him in to do some photo stuff. And even when Buck Club was getting going with Zach, I mean, we just were there. And I hope to stay relevant in the long term and stuff because there's a lot of things going on. But the business has grown a lot. And, you know, I like to think that Megan and I have two kids. One is Ruby, who's 9, 10 soon. And the other is Seamus. And so they both were growing at the same time. And I wouldn't want to do it any other way looking back, but I don't know if I would know how to do it any different either, other than to try to do our best in both ways and try not to, like, I mean, I think we used to beat ourselves up about, man, we're working so much, we're not around the movie, or, you know, we, we just aren't getting things right at work. I mean, um, every day is its own experience and you know I, i'm really grateful to see our product in a lot of places uh and people's bags really um still making the stuff here i i mean that's a commitment we made early and, and continues on going forward and it's probably the thing i'm most proud of because megan and her team have taught people how to sew and learn a craft that that's different so 
Um, I mean, it's, it's a lot of things going on, but, you know, we still have to earn it and we don't have, you know, a necessary plan and or exit strategy at all. We only have an entrance strategy. So <laughs> I didn't really plan on what we we're going to do after this or really much beyond, you know, the next few months or year. But yeah, I think that what you guys are doing is great too. The fact is that like you guys get some good people on the show, but you, you wind up having such great conversations about things that I think are much more meaningful than just the golf too, which has been very entertaining to listen to. Um, Thank you. 11 years. When you, when you look at that timeline and you mentioned some of those names, RGC, Buck Club, Sugarloaf, Hafer doing tech sales, which is somehow <laughs> impossible to imagine now. Um, he hated it. He yeah, of like course it. he did. Cause that's not, yeah. Like you said, you were there with those folks like there was a groundswell of and i think a hunger for something new in golf that wasn't about golf but was around golf that right. changed the culture or at least again like catalyzed a change in culture when you look back at those sort of early years i guess what what sort of like emotions come up for you it was like swimming upstream you know mm. I, I think that the thing i think of the most was being named akbar isn't very helpful when you're trying to sell to clubs hmm. at least in those days and i was very grateful because when i stood next to megan you know there was a point of reference um you know my family's from pakistan so i'd never talk about that particularly then um and you know i saw some interesting things at some of the places i'd go which is what defined my affinity for the Kaisers and what they were doing because I didn't see that there. And so over time, I realized what our brand was about, which is representation of what you're, you're about. And it's the reason we have so many damn skews because so many people are so different. Mm. And, um, you know, over the years, it's like I realized what, you know, I started as a caddy at band and working in the shop, right? And Bannon has a very simple approach to um, basically creating inclusivity since day one yeah. because they had a mandate, you know, Kemper Sports and, and, and the Kaisers, which was we have to treat everybody equally. It doesn't matter. There would never be this exclusivity thing. And, and so that mindset was actually groundbreaking, um, particularly when you put it in the context of an articulation architecturally significant golf destination right and so um i think what i learned was that because at the time you know there's just like basic polos and shirts people weren't accessorizing like they are now in golf and or wearing things that they are now in golf so we became the mode of communication mm. for that on the bag um and then there's obviously some a lot of other things that i i feel like i've been excited about is that you know we make things that are worth holding on to because they're crafted with quality so those basic elements there is like you know golf is a social sport for me especially it's a more fucking competitive sport for me <laughs> <laughs> but uh but for me like you know i then i have to have something to talk about well what's this dude lebowski bullshit over that well let me tell you it's fucking cool um, or, you know, a ball mark is this or that, you know, I think that I was just trying to inject some amount of fun and, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have this wonderful woman in my life who not only would be my wife and the mother to my daughter, but a women's wear designer in high fashion for Pendleton able to take an idea and turn it into something cool. Yeah. Just like the blacksmith who did the same thing. So. You know, I'm really just a part of this thing, but I'm very pleased to see where golf is today and where it's headed because look at us. I mean, here we are talking about stuff and we don't, I mean, I don't pretend to look like the prototypical golfer and, you know, I, I just love getting in chat with you guys about it, you know? I'm curious as to someone that has been... Um, around this this space for a while and um, you know it's clearly an arbiter of of taste of good taste 
what are like what are some things that excite you in golf today that you didn't see you know maybe when you were caddying at Bandon or when you started when you started Seamus? It's the Johnny Appleseed movement. I mean, if you think about it, when we started, it was kind of the phase out of the RTJs, the Fazios, and and the attention to the residential communities and golf development. And so, mm-hmm. um, with Tom Doak, Tom Doak's really in my mind, the one who led the change because, you know, Gil Hans was his understudy, as was Jim Ravina, and then you have many others, and then you have, like, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw also. But what's happened is you have enabled a lot of people to develop golf courses in a different way. Yeah. So, and they're starting to look at municipalities as, as locations to do that with things like the National Inns Trust with Mike McCartan there. Um, I grew up here in Portland where golf is like, it's been through many iterations by the time it got there. So, you know, golf was not designed in the way that it could be as most fun, but also the social aspect of it was a little uptight. And so you have like golf course as the, uh, the golf courses are getting better and that's going all the way downstream, you know, to anywhere you go, whether it's Goat Hill to Winter Park to, even Canal Shores is starting to do it, mm. um, and Colorado has uh, Common Ground. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of good stuff, right? But there's all kinds of good stuff going on. But then you have community building, which um, you know whether it's Golfers Journal or No Laying Up, or you got, I mean, there's people putting on events and and that are more of a BUUR type of thing on these canvases, these places that are getting identified, and so. I see it bringing a lot of people together, which is really like inspiring. It's just starting. It's yeah. a pretty wonderful time for golf. I kind of needed to hear that because sometimes it can feel very, very slow. Oh man, we're going light speed right now, man. Um, <laughs> this is fucking light speed. I mean, just think about where this thing was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> fucking Tiger Woods. Think about how much shit Tiger Woods went through just coming up. I mean, what he had to go through, you know, some of the stories I've heard, uh, he paved the way. But but the reality is community's building. And, and 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 before long, it's already begun, is in these uptight places, is they don't really have an option because the next generation of golfers that are joining these clubs looks, look and see things different. You know, politically, there's all the bullshit. But, you know, I think that there's really an opportunity for progress, huge. And, and it's never had such a, a wind behind it. Yeah. You bring up, a, you bring up a good point of like the next generation of golfers. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's going to be really interesting seeing, you know, we, we had this, this wave of, of new golfers that joined, you know, two years ago, some have fallen off since then. And, you know, it was kind of just a 2020 thing for them, but a lot of them have stuck around. And getting people into the game, you know, when you have uh, like legacy families that have kids and grandkids that, you know, were members of clubs and they just kind of come up and, and come up in that system. That's kind of how things have stayed the same all these years. But with an right. influx of people coming to golf that had never been a part of the game before and are now falling in love and investing and, and wanting to be a part of this um, this culture and game that we love so much. I think it's going to be really interesting in 10, 15, 20 years down the road to see like where that generation has taken golf because it's, you know, it, it was, it was a complete curveball to the, you know, right. the capital G golf system with this right. influx of people that, that didn't necessarily know the history of, uh, of in traditions of golf. They're just like, I like this thing. I want to play more. I want to do more. And now they're just in it with us. So I'm really also excited to see what happens because it's kind of crazy. You know, like everybody like in, in like, when my mom's circles are talking about golf, like hmm. it's kind of like when they're talking about the Stark market, it's like, what? It must be like <laughs> yeah. really a big deal, right? Like, yeah. you know, like it, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to hear people who it's not their native deal, but they're very excited about it and talk yeah. about it. Yeah. And they're out there doing it. And, you know, when I see, you know, our course here, uh, Connor, if you recall Red Tail, oh, yeah. like you can see on the putting green, you see like, there's women, there's older people, there's kids, there's all this different thing going on. And yeah, I'm like, dude, I do hope this stays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that we had this opportunity of, you know, it's like how golf went to the golden era. It's like they had 
um, a lot of recreation time with the labor unions uh, solidifying that and, and giving them time off. The reality is, like, we had a lot of fucking time to play golf during COVID. I don't know how much of that time comes back, but the short form is the small format of golf, uh, the shorter golf experiences. I mean, I think people did connect with it. Um, but, but, you know, I think it kind of remains to be seen if it sticks, but, you know, if you look at the, I, I think people are kind of into it, you know, it's kind of curved, you know, a lot of these people had to buy all the equipment, and, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. learn it's, a little it's an bit. investment, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I know that when I started playing golf, I kind of wanted to keep playing it, you know, so like, I don't know, um, but it'd be really cool to see in a few years you mentioned Redtail and portland and obviously I, I was there for 10 years and i had some great experiences with you in that city can you speak a little bit about growing up in that city and and the golf culture what you look back on growing up in portland playing golf versus maybe what it feels like now in portland I, I started playing golf because our neighbors played golf and we had some family friends who played golf. Golf wasn't in my family, right? My dad uh, came from Pakistan and so he played cricket. And his golf swing looked like a cricket swing, which cricket swings are not good golf swings, but <laughs> <laughs> he still had fun and he started playing because I was playing. And so the place we would go was this course called Arenka Woods, which is like, now it's a park, you know, mm-hmm. they took it down, but it was so much fun going there and you know there was a group of people that were really supportive of me learning to play but you know the types of people were more singularly defined golf in portland had a very good junior program didn't matter where you go there was somewhere you could go and get get some attention for your game but also right. uh socialize with other kids and for me um you know we spent our sundays at the mosque going to school Mm. and so um but but my dad was so supportive that you know my mom would drop me off at the mosque and then my dad would take me to go play nine and drop me (laughs) back back off at the mosque and then my mom would pick me up what that went on that's amazing that went went on for a while until she came to pick me up and i was wearing my fucking metal cleats and she's like what the hell are you doing today i'm like oh well you know these grass stains are you're playing in the field and she's like you're full of shit so, I mean, um, the, the thing is that, like, for me, golf was my way of, you know, ingratiating myself in American culture. So, like, I got to know people that my brothers didn't even get to know. And, like, I wound up finding golf to be a really good place for me to go and be around positive people. And my parents saw this impact on me. Uh, and so they supported that. And I was really grateful to have a family that had the means to send me to go play at these places, you yeah. know? So, um, we, we did really well in that. Um, but how has it changed? I mean, I think that it still has that going on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while I go spend time with the first tee and like, I just see the same kind of kids there and it kind of motivates me to want to help, you know, with that program here, there's, um, the children's course now called the Campbell course is an opportunity to continue to grow the, the golf and youth on course is a, is like another thing that's come about that has supported kids playing and, and for inexpensive rates. And, you know, it's this cross pollination thing. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's in a very good place because what happens is like kids that are going to go on to the private schools play with kids that aren't, and wind up being friends later. And I would say that most of the relationships I've been benefited to have today are a result of the fact that I didn't beat anybody in the junior tournaments. I just made friends with them all. (laughs) You know, I just, it was just a good, it was a great thing for me. So I kind of like see a lot of that happening now for other kids. And, and I get inspired and want to create more opportunity like that too. Apart from, you know, yeah, I mean, that, it's just, it's, it's really a lot of great stuff that's happening. It does feel like a special golf city, especially even having Nike there, Adidas there, you there, oh, yeah. you know, like the amount of industry and creativity. Well, there's Jones and there's yeah, McKenzie, yeah. there's, um, yeah. there's, there's what they've done at Wildwood. Um, yeah. Ryan O'Mara has uh, built the community there. Um, it's become a place to go. Gearheart, their coastal city that's the closest to drive to, has like 
one of the greatest stories about you know the, the saving of a golf course the Boyle family brought in people and they're running it so well I do you mean, think, do you think is, Columbia is going to get into golf so the Boyle family for Brad and Drew they're they are the Columbia sportswear and they bought yeah. a golf course called Gearheart on the coast of Oregon yes and it's yes. owned by this property management business called McMinimins very vibey very very cool they they spruce up like fledgling old businesses and turn them into like really cool destinations. The McMinimans are super cool, and the partner yeah. with them is super cool. I think if Tim were to be put on record, he'd probably say something to the effect of that he owns one too many golf courses, <laughs> uh, which he only owns one. <laughs> <laughs> from an apparel and brand standpoint, I think it makes sense for them because it's a lifestyle thing now, and mm. they've been selling to golf, but. They, they, as a family, um, have a devout love for golf. Um, the end result is the golfer has this like awesome experience. I, I think it's definitely something that everybody has to go and see. Y'all, y'all uh, just created the best Visit Portland ad out Dude. there. Like the, the, <laughs> the Visit Portland Commission should should really hit travel. Up. Travel Portland, um, come come hit us up. Yeah, if, if, if you're not already getting, if you're not getting paid, you should be. <laughs> I, I really love my town. It's a wonderful place. It's been through quite a bit this last couple of years, if yeah. you can recall. But golf is a good thing, and I don't know what part it plays in resurrecting it. But I like the idea of creating opportunities for people to come and see the good parts of it because it's a beautiful city, you know. Like you got Mount Hood's like hour away. You got the beaches an hour away. We got high desert in central Oregon, which Bend is like incredible. Bannon, obviously four and a half hours. Oregon is a slept on playground. Come visit. I would be happy to host and set up golf. Say less. Say less. We're on our way. When I think about Portland and like, like living there, the idea of living there, I'm like, okay. What are what are some things I can latch on to? Clearly golf. Um, but then I'm like, all right, sports teams. And then Blazers, Timbers, is, Thorns. Yeah, that's it. it. <laughs> Blazers t- yeah, but you know, y'all gotta there's a myth out there, there's something in the water go, going and, and hurting them athletes up there. <laughs> Sam Bowie, you know, Greg Oden, <laughs> Brandon Roy. Uh, so. <laughs> some good names <laughs> but i think y'all have done well to to show me the light you know <laughs> there's yep. other things out here for you <laughs> yep. well, yeah. portland has to be our next destination as a group because i've never been there either a little inside baseball yeah we, uh, we're, we're planning a series of visits to each of our respective hometowns the three of us together and doing a bit of a golf tour and culture tour and things like that so for me, I would choose Portland over Boston 10 times out of 10 to, to make that my stop. So when, yeah. we, when we get around to that, you'll be firmly in the mix. Well, You're a fourth. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, that's the thing. When you when somebody asks you who would be your dream foursome, it's, it's three of you and the host. That's always what it's going to be. <laughs> you want to be able to play in sweet clubs. Exactly. <laughs> we've got We've got yeah. an invite from every guest we've had on the show, wherever they are. So, <laughs> yeah, your dream foursome is you three and your host. Yep. Yep. So make yep. it happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Go for yeah, we it. set that. We set that up um, specifically for that. <laughs> no, we can't have a fourth. Sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Room for the guy, for the gals get this around. <laughs> so I have been taking AG1 regularly for a little over almost two months now, and the one thing that I've noticed is it's so simple and it tastes really good. My problem that I've had in the past is when you have a, a ton of supplements that you have to take or things, you know, they don't just taste quite right that it's really easy to get it out of your daily plan and your daily routine. But for me, AG1 is so simple. They have travel packs that you can just, they're individually portioned. So you can just take them, throw them in your bag, and you're good to go. All you need is some some clean drinking water to add to it. So it's, it's one of the easiest ways to absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens. I mean, it's easy. It's simple. 
It's literally a one-stop shop for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash GGT. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash GGT to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Why is everybody so nice in Wisconsin? I don't know what it is, <laughs> but these are the nicest people I've ever seen. Talk about something just in the like, water. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just the cheese curds yeah. that are awesome in Wisconsin. <laughs> it's like a lot more going we're on. built different. <laughs> Well, I just felt that way. And, um, and anyway, so when, when you do go there, uh, and Lido club, Oh my God, I don't know. I, I got I to see it, but I didn't get Lido to play club. it. So I'm, I'm excited to actually, you know, see it up there. It looked amazing. Oh from the drone my shots God. It's amazing. That I saw. Oh my God. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. Like every fucking hole, like Charles Barry McDonald, like his masterpiece, and, like Tom Doak, Brian Schneider, Mike Kaiser Jr., Chris Kai, all the people that are involved, Peter Flory, just nerding out by night, candlelit, like just like piecing, like he's like, I bet you Peter Flory has one of those walls where it's like, like, you know, they have like all the yard drawn around. Yeah, like, like a, detec- yeah. like a yeah. detective investigator's yeah. office. Yeah. A la, a la a Beautiful Mind. Yeah, yeah. This mad scientist. Like Charlie from like It's Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah, Pepe Silvia. Yeah. You got Peter. Yeah, you got that guy, you know. I mean, he needs more yarn, probably. I mean, I, I don't know. You could probably help him with that. <laughs> yeah, you got some yarn. Can get him some wool. Yeah, some wool. Yeah. We can get him. Um, but, uh, and then you see it. I mean, it's like, it, 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 the things that I take away from, I, okay, I saw the drone shots. I did the photos. I saw the photos. Mm. I heard about it. And then I get out there and I'm like, holy shit, it's like old course. They literally, it's like old course. And, and, wow. and it's because... Two holes are next to each other. You're, you're running into people the whole time. That's and beautiful. It's, and that's the thing that's so special is, you know, you could probably have half a dozen shared greens out there um, as a result of the way it's been designed. Mm-hmm. But you're talking to people that are out on the other green the whole time. Um, so cool. And, and then the design is such that you, your brain is, you got to be thinking about where you're hitting it. So you can't really think about, like, much else. Other than, oh man, this hole, I got to play from over here. This hole, I got to play from here. Well, what happens by the end of it? You got a nice break from everything else going on, whether personally or with everything, because you're just so into the golf. That's what it's about, man. Yeah. And and it's amazing. Yeah. It's also like, I I think that's a really interesting um, suggestion, piece of advice, going on a golf trip solo like i had never i've never considered that like even even playing solo at like the local muni feels like an adventure but i can't imagine you know packing my bags flying to another state staying at a place for like three or four days totally alone i kind of love that idea i might have to try that but you know that's the thing is i didn't feel alone at all in it because like if you're in a golf group like have you ever been there and you're just like you see somebody and you're just like hey come and have a putting contest instantly with us it just because you're all there for a shared value for shared for a shared reason yeah um you know and hearing people's stories about their kids or their experiences playing golf it's like yeah you can't even ask for anything better um than that i mean i'm not saying that you do away with the foursomes the eightsomes and maybe 12 12 is too many i think eight's about right but like i think that like the group golf thing is great but if if you want to break from things don't be afraid to go um and do something like that you know yeah i was Listening to actually to a podcast of Andy with the fried egg and Ian Gilly. Ian Gilly went and played all these Nebraska courses, Han Solo. And I was like, dude, that guy gets it. I mean, I, I get so inspired yeah. by people like that. Yeah. No, it's cool. You, you never know who you're going to meet. Um, yeah. 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 Um, it's funny, but before we get into our meat and potatoes, um, I don't know if I've shared this with you, Akbar, but. One of my favorite, actually, I would say the favorite piece of golf gear in my golf bag is a Seamus iron marker ball mark 
from Ballyneal. And the reason it's my favorite is because, as you know, I, I played golf at Lewis and Clark and I got really burnt out by the end of it. I, I ended up taking some time off after graduating, like two years. And a group of friends and I who used to caddy together in Boston had the ridiculous pleasure. This was way before I got into the golf industry. We had the fortune of going out to Ballyneal and, and playing that golf course, Tom Doak, middle of nowhere, Colorado, right on the Nebraska border. And it's like heaven. Ballyneal single-handedly reinstilled my faith in golf, like got me back into the game of golf. And when we were leaving, we packed up our van that we had rented for the trip. We went into the pro shop for the customary splurge. And I saw the ball mark. They punched my my initials into it. And I knew that I had to keep that with me. And now I use it literally every single time I play golf. And for me... And I think this is what's so powerful about what you have created and the the accessories and the gear that you make. It's so much bigger than that ball mark. Like it's just something that marks where my ball is on the green. But for me, it represents a trip that got me back in love with the game of golf. And I think that's so special. So every time I see that, I think about that, that moment, again, that catalyst that you provided essentially that reinstilled my love for this game and this sport and this community. So I have to thank you for that. I can't believe what you just told me. That sounds amazing. I, I, I wish I recorded. I guess this is recorded, but like right now, so that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) I never felt so special when somebody told me something about our, our company and what we do. I mean, the idea of, you know, being able to go to, Bally Neal. Well, Bally Neal, that's a whole subject. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a whole thing. I mean, it's so remote. It's so special. And, you, you know, especially with the right people, that mm-hmm. place, you know, it's an experience. And and then to be part of that, I mean, that's only our goal is to commemorate special moments and, and give you something to take with you. Um, and, you know, these, the, the ball marks are, are like, I mean, what you just described is like, that's, that's the, the hope is that it's something somebody could connect with it in that way. Um, and I'm happy you're still using it and I'm happy you haven't lost it because, you there know, have been a couple moments I, of panic for sure. Uh, if you lose it, I can probably help you a little bit. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, 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 it's awesome to hear that, you know? I, I never really would have thought that people would connect with it in quite that way because it's like, it's just, it's kind of like this product, you know, it, it's a thing, but you know, each one is hammered and individually the blacksmiths make them with the thought that, you know, it's a unique piece. So you got me thinking about Valley Wheel now. There's still time. There's still time to get out there. I think. Thank you for that, man. Thank you. Well, let's, um, let's dive into our meat and potatoes. Hit it, Drew. Diving into the meat and potatoes. Okay. All right. We have, I, I, you know, we're just going to, let's start off with the, the meat and potatoes, I guess, the meat and potatoes question. Um, you, you win your, 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 your club championship and the next year they bring you back and they're, they're holding a feast in your honor. What is, uh, what's on your, your champion's dinner menu? I would probably go with a very Pakistani uh, deal yeah. and then blended, so. I'd probably provide them with our family's tandoori chicken recipe. And we would, we would do some tandoori chicken. I'd probably have some sag gosh, which is like spinach. Spinach. Mm-hmm. Some burratas and naan. Uh, and then probably an IPA, because I like to think that, you know, the <laughs> British colonized India brought that to the world. Um, <laughs> you guys know that? It did? They did? The Indian, yeah. Indian pale ale is, oh, is, is what it is. Do you know why it is what it is? Do you know why? It's because they, the British would send the beer and everybody would get a certain amount of beer as rations. And, um, and so they would add the hops for preservatives. Right. And the hops would keep it in a good spot by the time it got there. So that mm. ended up being its own genre. And Pakistan is like, we're basically from India, you know, ultimately the partition happened in like the 30, 40s or whatever. So I would have some beer, samosas for sure. Mm. Samosas and mimosas, probably if it's a morning thing. <laughs> yeah. 
don't know. I can think of a lot of foods I'd like to smoke something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it sounds like, that sounds lovely. Uh, I like I like to eat, so it really wouldn't matter what it was. But um, now I want to win something, but I don't know when that's going to happen. How about when you come to Portland, we'll just cook it all up. We'll I love that. that. Yeah, yes. Please. Oh, I would love sounds that. Good. Everything yeah. sounds fantastic. Deal done. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be fighting each other for, for who gets the stove, though, because we all like it's the truth. Oh, well, I want to I want to have some of that. I want to learn about that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right, Agbar, you um, same course, champions dinner, all that happens. You feed us your samosas, uh, your family's tandoori chicken recipe. The next morning is when the tournament starts. You're walking up to the first tee. They announce your name. What song is playing through the speakers as you're about to hit that first tee shot? Oh, uh. And I know you're an axe man. You're a musician as well. So this Ooh. is so. What I like to do is when I'm playing with my buddies is there's an hour long loop of the Masters theme, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that you can listen to it whenever we tee off. No matter where it is, I fucking put it on. So it's most probably not only because this is the song that I listen to when I play it every time. That's great. <laughs> That's great. So you're literally walking up to the Masters theme song. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and then Jim Nance's, the dulcet tones of Jim Nance's voice come. Hello, friends. I yeah. first just tomahawk into the leaves here. <laughs> you know, those are the local floral uh, flowers, the daisy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for that. that. That's the first of that. That's that's the first of, of its kind. I'm 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 ready for that. Yeah. No G. Um, I'm excited to ask this to you because you're a um, you're such a a, a sensor sensorily thoughtful person, Akbar. What are oh. what are some of your favorite golf smells? You know, in the morning there's the fresh cut grass. That's like the most most noticeable. You know, and here in the end of summer, there's the blackberries. You can smell them when you're out there playing, and you can go pick them. And there's blackberries on nearly every course. It's kind of an yeah. invasive plant. It's like a weed, yeah. Right. You know, out here in Portland, you smell a lot of weed. <laughs> Speaking like, of weed, yeah, that's true. Uh, there's, there's cigar smoke. I don't know. I mean, I, I think secondhand cigars are better than first-hand cigars. It's a bar. I don't know. I can I can probably noodle that one a bit, but what do you smell when you're out there? It depends on the location. But growing up in Boston and especially caddying in like August and you get um it's really humid and, and you get these like late afternoon thunderstorms. For me it's the 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 passing shower that hits the ground and you smell the dirt after the rain has passed it, it's really earthy oh. it's, it there it's it's really into and it's a it's a physical feeling too it's just like it feels like you're being hugged by the earth <laughs> yeah what about do you ever sniff your own the pro v1 box when you open it it's like sniffing mm. glue that new i do that new yeah ball fresh smell, fresh ball smell yeah yeah a new Glove the leather. I have to smell my leather oh, yeah. glove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. You got me thinking now, I, but that's probably about all I can think. Uh, yeah. yeah, another good one, Akbar. Is um, I don't know what your your skincare routine is on the course, or uh, you know how much you sweat when you play, but the the smell of like sweat, the sunscreen, oh, or whatever, yeah. kind of just like mm-hmm. sitting right here yeah. under the brim of your hat. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really, really that good really one good for one. me. Yeah. My favorite smell, Akbar, is uh, um, the smell of like stale beer. Uh, one of my first, one of my first jobs was I, I, I worked at a golf course and I was like, I cleaned out the the carts and filled them up with gas. So it was like, you know, every time there's just, you know, empty, em- yeah, true. yeah, empty, empty Miller Lite cans in the cart and like, you know, taking them to the garbage can and like that just, you know, if I smell that, like a, a hot cooked Miller Lite can, it, it instantly <laughs> oh. takes me back to the golf course and makes me think of, you know, those, oh. the happy times on the, on the course as a kid. So that, that's, that's one of mine. Oh. <laughs> I, 
know that smell because it's in the golf cart. Yep. You know, I was there's this bucket of teas we were playing and that like in the front console of the golf cart and I went to reach in there and it was like this cigar button. I was like, oh my god. It was like random like the golf carts always have some little little nifty thing to 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 surprise you. That's true. <laughs> you mentioned the uh the new leather glove. We are graciously Sponsored by the good people at Red Rooster. They make our favorite golf gloves. And um, I'm going to check out these gloves, actually. Should I pull them up, or are we not talking about gloves anymore? I, I have a, another question for you, Akbar, as you're, as you're checking as you're out shopping. and using the code GGT20 uh, at, at checkout. RedRoosterGolf.com. Um, <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm, 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 you? <laughs> He's live. Live shopping. I can see it in the reflection Which of your one glasses. You, go with? you have yeah. gloves. Yeah, can, <laughs> this man's not lying. Can you can you flip the camera around and, and show us what you're what you're checking out he's, right I now? I think he's on his phone. Are you on your phone? I'm, gonna sh- I'm on my iPad. I'm trying. Okay, Red Rooster. Yeah. Can I? Uh, I'm just. Oh yeah, yeah. There this it is. is. Amazing. Look at this man. I always feel bad when I do the no thanks because like it's. I'm just trying to shop right now. But let's see here. Gloves. Look at these. Oh, dude, the red, yeah. yeah, the red's really clean. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to get into that. This is unbelievable. Um, a live purchase. <laughs> they do have fun colors. Look God. at this, boy. Okay, Carrie and Brad from Red Rooster are gonna love this. This is incredible. Yeah. I mean, well, what are doing um, because of Apple Pay, I'm able to check out as we speak. This is. Insane. We're also sponsored by <laughs> Apple Pay. Please use GGT twenty for twenty dollars. No. Okay. You go with the red. Um, I'm getting I'm getting the red and then the rain gloves because I for sure need the rain gloves. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, you guys you guys get a lot of rain. Yeah, I was like, you yeah. guys get a lot of rain out there. So yeah. Well, we appreciate you supporting uh, supporting uh, Red Rooster and uh, and GGT. Happy to, Bradford. You were going to say something. I don't, I'm sorry, I cut you off with all this glove talk. <laughs> I, I didn't, that's totally fine. You just helped us pay some bills. So <laughs> we are, we are forever grateful. Um, I was going to ask if you can think of a time on the golf course, whether you've been solo, whether you've been with a group that you have laughed the absolute hardest. The most, most laughter I've ever had was when I was playing well, I just think of this moment. It was like I was playing with my buddy, and I kept on singing some song he didn't like, and yeah, he whacked me in the ass with his putter grip, and <laughs> I could not stop laughing because he actually did that. And it was kind of early in our friendship. He's like, "I told you to stop singing," and I was like, "I couldn't stop singing." I was like, "I'm really enjoying this song." Do you remember and what the song was? Like, you know, it's, I was singing the Billy past the first grade. Oh, what a wonderful day. I remember this because it's from that happy Gilmore. I think it's from an Adam Sandler movie. It's the dumbest. Oh, Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Billy oh past the first grade. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful day. You know, that's what I was singing over and over. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so that's one moment. There's probably a couple of others. Um, this is not a meat and potatoes question, but I, I, it is maybe a, a, a quick answer. Explain what far insure means to you. It's like your sign off for everything. It's kind of my sign off, and I got it from the uh, uh, really from a couple people. The old pro at uh, Pacific Dunes, Nick Pike. He went on to be the head pro at Chambers Bay, and at mm-hmm. the end of every email, he would say, "Far insure, you know, mm-hmm. hey." Let's go get together and play some golf parts. Yeah. Then uh, I saw it again used by Alex Maselli, a uh, writer um, for, for golf, one of, one of our best writers out there, and he would use that same term. And again, then Jeff Shackelford wrote a whole article about where it came from. And um, there was a course in Scotland. I think it's, there's a pub near like Muscleboro Links, um, I would butcher this entire story uh, and say it probably four different ways if given the chance. But it was a term, you know, and it was kind of like 
Hey, see you later. Hey, for mm-hmm. sure. You know, mm-hmm. like I'll think of old Tom. Like, hey, man, how's it going? For sure today. Hey, you, you, for sure, for sure, right? Like, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. So I, the thing is that, like, I think it inspires confidence and just it's just like, hey, what is it about? Just try your hardest and do your best. Um, and I think that it's kind of like my own mantra, like, mm. you know, I for you being for sure right now. Like, are you really trying and just looking optimistically at stuff and? I think that it's just a mantra that I like to keep in my head that I think is, is, is a cool one. Uh, it's not mine. You know, Chicago golf club has it as their, um, tagline. Um, there's another club, uh, that somebody posted back East that has it as well. It's, it's really like something that was part of golf and trying to kind of bring it back. I guess our, our good friend, Benjamin Warren, it's his Instagram handle far and sure. Ben, and could you ask for somebody else to have the foreign sure handle? I mean, no, it's perfect. I, perfect I think he's just right, just right for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, talk about inspiring confidence. Akbar, you are always such a, a true pleasure to talk to. I, I really value your friendship and, um, I appreciate you coming on the show and hanging with us. It's been a long time coming. We've tried to, to get this done for a while and it means a lot. So appreciate it and looking forward to teeing it up with you in the very near future. Uh, I appreciate you guys a lot too. You know, I think that um, I, I I think that what you're doing is awesome, but also you guys have been incredibly patient with me because, you know, I'm kind of like a scatterbrain and I'm kind of all over the place. And I wish that... I could dedicate more time to spending with you guys. And I think in person golf, whether I'm traveling down to LA or coming out to Milwaukee or you guys are coming to Portland, like whatever it is, let me please be a part of your experience on some golf course somewhere, because I think that you guys are awesome. And I'm really grateful for this time with you guys today. There's always a spot for you, Akbar. Always. Yes. You're always our fourth. Now you can go and say that you, at least you spent more than an hour at the gym today, which is true. <laughs> and um, and there were there no Wi-Fi is. issues. They the the gym clearly has ripping Wi-Fi, which is great. Yeah, I'll probably get like a breakfast sausage sandwich on the way to work now. <laughs> just be like that. You're like, I, that. I put in an hour and a half at the gym, and now it's time to go to work. <laughs> I I burnt six calories and spent a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a couple new gloves coming your way too out of it. So that's a oh, dude, Red Rooster GG productive T twenty. Yes, GG T twenty. Yep, okay. that's the code. Yep, Produ- yeah. it's a productive hour, dude. Thank you so much, Far and Sure. Far and Sure, guys, you guys are the goods. <laughs>